everybody. Welcome to Escaping Babel on the Engage and Equip podcast. Escaping Babel is a series designed to talk about escaping cultural captivity with gospel truth. Within this series, we're doing several episodes on how to escape cultural captivity through friendship. God calls us into faith together to enjoy, strengthen, and form each other to become more like Christ. This kind of spiritual friendship is very different from what the world offers us, but is much more human. To better understand what we mean when we say spiritual friendship, go back and listen to episodes 134 through 136. In this episode, you'll hear from Sarah Peterson and Miriam Butterfield about how they have walked together in friendship through difficult times and the joy that they have experienced as a result. Sarah and Miriam are a part of the High Point family, and Miriam is also on staff here. But something we offer at High Point are small groups of about 10 to 12 people that usually meet every week outside of the Sunday service. Sarah and Miriam are in the same small group and are going to share how this has become like family to them. This is a good episode to listen to if you yourself are walking through something difficult or you have a friend who is. As always, if you've got a question about what you heard, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I have two friends here. This is Miriam. Hello. And Sarah. Hi. And we're continuing with uh, the Escaping Babel um, miniseries on friendship. And so um, if you haven't listened yet to any of the previous episodes on friendship, I especially would recommend listening to episodes 134 through 136. That kind of gives you an introduction to what friendship has to do with Escaping Babel. So you can start there. Um, But then what we wanted to do is have episodes with real friends who actually have relationships with each other who actually are walking through life with each other and talk about what that uh what that has looked like in their specific relationship so um today we're gonna talk through specifically what this has looked like for miriam and sarah to be friends and so i thought it'd be kind of fun to have each of you introduce each other Ooh. Okay, so Sarah, why don't you go first? Why don't you introduce Miriam to everybody? Um, This is Miriam Butterfield. She works in the office at the church. She's amazing. Um, She also works at Barrique's on the west side, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Middleton. Yeah, Yeah. in Middleton. So if you want some good coffee, she also works there on Fridays. Um, She is really wonderful and super special to my family. Um, We all just really love her. Um, My kids and I do. And she's been a huge blessing to our family. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, you're welcome. So this is Sarah Peterson, like mom of the year, I have to say. (laughs) Ever since I met her, she like blew my socks off. (laughs) This is why we're friends. She's super nice. Um, But yeah, she's a great mom. She loves Jesus so much with all of her heart. She loves coffee. I'm also a coffee lover. So much. So much. (laughs) Um, She's a hard worker. She's really Mm -hmm. dedicated. Yeah, she... Um, she's just a really great person, just really warm hearted. And I'm just so blessed to have her into my life. Oh, shoot. (laughs) One of the things, um, so as we've done these different episodes with like actual friends, a Mm. lot of those, um, relationships have been people who've been in the same life stages, Mm. not just similar ages, but also similar stages of life. That's something that's unique about the two of you and this one, do you want to share just a little bit about that? So people who are listening have context for life stages. Yeah, I think we're actually only what, five years apart Mm -hmm. in age. Um, Life stage wise, we're at different places. Um, 
Miriam is single. I'm also single. Um, but I am recently divorced and I have six kids and Miriam is doesn't have six kids. Um, <laughs> but she, she has six kids hiding somewhere <laughs> in the basement. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, that's inappropriate. But um, <laughs> she does not have children. Um, no, actually, I think we've actually discussed this mm-hmm. quite a few times. Like, what is it? Um, like, what's a shared um, part of our current situation that we have in common? And I think... Mm-hmm we have been able to find this just huge common thread. And that is that we're both kind of at points in our life that we didn't really see coming. Mm -hmm. This is not, we kind of both have um, this, I don't know how to say it, this thought going on in both of our heads underneath the surface. Like, this is not how I saw my life. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is not really where I thought I would be Mm -hmm. at this point. And that's a really powerful thing Mm -hmm. to be able to share with another person. Um, especially with the same faith background. Right. Um, because we both do believe that, like, this is where God has us. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that really transcends mm-hmm. both of our situation mm-hmm. details. Yeah. And kind of like what you said earlier, I really think that it kind of drew each other together mm-hmm. um, just with, a dif- with different situations like that. Um, you find that you need that person, you find that you can lean on that person more um, when you're both in like different stages that you were never like figuring that you would be in. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk, yeah, so let's jump, you alluded a little bit to this, Miriam, but about how you guys became friends. So that's the first question. <laughs> How'd you guys become friends? Small group. Well, I guess I not the first question. Yeah, but. small group. But I think we were in the same small group for over a year mm-hmm. um, before... <laughs> We decided to take a bike ride. Um, So another thing Miriam and I share in common is our love to just do different things, like just to try new things and kind of get out of our comfort zone, which is really funny. Um, And so... You were, well, you were kid-free that weekend. I was. And I didn't want to go home because I was like, I don't want to go home and be alone. And Sarah was like, let's go for a bike ride. And that was the first time we like hung out um that was just actually this past summer that was memorial day weekend yeah yeah like this past memorial day yeah yeah Yeah. just a few months ago yeah yeah we met the first initial meeting was at um small group last february Mm -hmm. so february of 2018 so we were in the same small Mm -hmm. group for Mm -hmm. yeah over a year but that was the first time that we were actually able just the two of us to get Mm -hmm. together without the kids and just and you yeah we just kind of like we kind of clicked beforehand Mm -hmm. But I think we yeah. clicked then even more. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think we went out to lunch with two other people mm-hmm. from our small group and had a really good time. And then um, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing later? Because I was really missing my kids. They were with my parents for the weekend because um, I had to work every other day that weekend. And Miriam was like, well, I'm just going home. And I was like, well, I just got this new bike and you can borrow my oldest <laughs> daughter's bike because <laughs> she's in an adult bike now. Um, and she was like, Oh my gosh, yes. I want to come and do this. That's and awesome. It was so random. Like you had shorts in the car. Yep. <laughs> so already. we were like, I live on um, university. And we decided to just bike downtown because that so sounds fun. fun. Yes. <laughs> 12 miles later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I still liked you after that. Well, here's the what problem. A testament. <laughs> I know. That was when we knew this friendship was meant to be. It was ordained. Um Miriam made the mistake of asking me my like what was the question? It was something like, "So how did all of this happen?" Yeah. Well, what's the story? Tell me. That and okay. So, I do want to pause though. 
I think that is a great question to ask people mm. because for a couple of reasons. One, it's pretty open-ended, which means that they can go down whatever path of the story yeah. is most pressing and relevant mm-hmm. to them in the moment. So you can learn a lot about a person mm-hmm. by asking that question mm-hmm. rather than just saying, tell me about your childhood. Because mm-hmm. right. maybe something really hard happened in their childhood, yeah. but maybe mm-hmm. what they're going through right now is the real thing, yeah. you know? And so right. you can learn a lot about, not just about their story, but what's pressing to yeah. them right now. Mm-hmm. And also people enjoy sharing about themselves yes. and don't always have lots of places to do so. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really like, it can be, yeah, it's a deep question for sure, yeah. but it can be um, a, a way to care for someone that they're not mm-hmm. used to being cared for. It's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really being an active listener in that too. Mm-hmm. Like if you ask that, you know, question, like what's your story be really being willing to like, listen yeah. and ask questions, I think is really like important. So, right. And I think in that experience, she literally gave me the freedom to really tell my story because in my situation, my kids are almost always there. So I share little tidbits, especially Mm -hmm. at small group. I'm Mm -hmm. very mindful in that space um, that that's also my kid's space Mm -hmm. um, and that our family attends small group together. So I do tend to kind of curtain off my answers and keep it very vague. But by asking that in that situation, like she gave me complete freedom to really tell my story. Right. Um, And I'm a verbal processor. (laughs) And you had 12 miles. And I had an active listener biking, like literally active listener. Um, (laughs) Well done, Miriam. Um, But one thing I appreciate even with you with that is that you're very, I said this earlier, like you're very raw, you're very open, Mm. you'll like tell it how it is, you'll tell your story and you're not going to sugarcoat anything. And that was really, I think that's a, that's a big thing that drew me to you. So just even you being able to be that raw and tell your story like that was huge for you too. Yeah, it was just a really, I just remember feeling very empowered to tell her the truth of my story. Mm. And like I did, I got like way probably too much into detail and like there were a couple times like we were biking for a good amount of time we're not really speedy bikers um but there were a lot of times where this conversation stopped and she was like yeah something similar happened Mm -hmm. to me and like Mm -hmm. I remember feeling that similar feeling so it wasn't just like me talking Mm -hmm. um for that space of time but we also found a lot of things that we had in common in that Mm -hmm. in that experience together Mm -hmm. um yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the phrases we've been using in this series is the idea of shared truths. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and so you've, you've covered some of them already, but what are some of those things for the two of you that really are grounding and like foundational to your relationship and friendship? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. Well, I first was going to say coffee, but I already said that. <laughs> and I mean, can that I is just, a shared truth. Yeah. So Sarah is usually has she doesn't today she is drinking out of a plastic cup but I know, usually, don't judge usually me. she has her mug she has love it. sweet <laughs> mugs and i'm always like oh there's Thanks. sarah and her cool mug so that's today one of the the shared that's one of the shared truths mm. um i had another one too let me see i think too we're both at a place and this is like probably a deeper one than coffee however that is like an initial (laughs) connection point. Um, But I think deeper than that, we kind of talked about it a little bit before is like, we are both at this stage where we don't really feel like this was in our plan, but we both do have a deep desire to glorify God where we are. Right. Mm. Um, Yeah. 
And that's so unifying because then I can look in, you know, I can speak into her life and I can say that truth and she can speak into my life and say that truth. And we don't really have to understand a lot of details yeah. mm-hmm. about what that looks like for day-to-day life. Right. Mm-hmm. But we do have that deep centered right. shared truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's such an important thing when you're walking through pain with somebody, because mm-hmm. when you are, when you're in pain, especially if it's very acute in the moment, it's very easy to turn inward to yourself instead of to fix your eyes on Jesus and Mm. on the things that are unseen. And so if you have a friend, that friend can either be a really good friend to help you look to Jesus or they Mm. can maybe think they're being really empathetic or a good friend by culture's perspective by saying like, you're right, this is terrible. Like you should feel bad about this. And like, you're just feeding the entitlement that you already Mm, are so tempted to feel. Mm. And so the fact, like you both said this at different points, but the the fact that you both wanted to, that your faith and trust in God in this is foundational, that you're Mm -hmm. both trying to trust him, even though it's not what you want. And even though it's not what you would have written out for the story of your life. That's a big thing, mm. even in like, in yeah. So, so I, just, I think that's, that's really significant that you're mm. both trying to push mm. each other towards that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. And just the other, the other shared truth that I thought of was, um, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, just of how both of us are both very real and mm-hmm. um, we talk about just being real a lot. We laugh a lot, but we also, right. yeah, yeah, just put it all out there mm-hmm. right. and not sugarcoat anything. And that's, um, I think, a really good, as growing friends um, mm-hmm. or a growing friendship, I think it's really important to have, because um, in all seasons, we're going to be growing and going through highs right. and lows. And right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what a spiritual friendship is meant to be a relationship where you can joke around about Mm -hmm. like something silly and then in the next breath, talk about something serious Mm -hmm. and you can cover both of those things. Mm -hmm. I think in, in the ability to be, I think we both kind of came from a background where we're not really in a place where we want superficial friendships. Like Mm -hmm. literally neither one of us have the time for it. (laughs) Like I don't really have... Mm -hmm a lot of free time. Miriam is busy. Like we, neither one of us have the time or energy, um, to have a superficial fluffy relationship. Um, those things have their place too. Um, but I think we both were really craving that type of friendship with Mm -hmm. someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think God just has given us a really deep empathy and compassion for one of one another. Yeah. And yeah, I, it's just born a lot of fruit. It's been really cool to be part of. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, each of these like interviews with real friends. <laughs> that makes me yeah. think of those. What is We're it? Legit. Is it those Chevy commercials that are like, these are real people, not actors. I know. These are, I hate those commercials, actors. but um, these are real friends, not actors. Yes. Um, each of these have a little bit of a focus. So one mm-hmm. of the first ones about was about intentionality. Then we got to hear from John and Luke about accountability. We'll get to hear more from the two of you about friendship through the joy of friendship through adversity. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to do just one last sort of introductory question before we transition to that, which is just what's one of your favorite things about the other person? Mm-hmm. I can go first on this one because I, I love that Miriam is an introvert and I'm an extrovert. I love how different her personality is from mine, Um, mostly because I see it as a challenge (laughs) 
Like, you can take that a couple different ways. I see it as a challenge because then I have to, like, poke her out of her little comfort zone. (laughs) But also, I see it as a challenge to myself because, like, sometimes the way she responds to something, I'm like, I never would have thought that was hurtful or that would be sensitive or that anybody would think that. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it challenges the way I think through things. And I really love that because I feel like that's grown me in understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I just... I think it's fun to be around somebody that's not like me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, yeah. So one thing I love about Sarah is, um, and just kind of along the same, it's a little bit more serious, but just um, your, your, your genuinity and your transparency, mm-hmm. like that for me is that gets seen. You live that way. I want to live that way as well. Mm-hmm. And um that's something that drew me to you like instantly and um that and just that you're fun and lighthearted like I just love that about you and you're just a cool mom and a cool friend yeah anyways (laughs) I could keep going my kids are listening to this like see somebody thinks I'm fun (laughs) she's cool guys she's cool thank you for that it is very important to have people who can say that to your children yes it is they're rolling their Mm -hmm. eyes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. praise Jesus yes Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about some of the the maybe deeper questions. Mm. Now, although this has been deep already. You guys are... Yeah, this is kind of how we roll. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. You said that. You don't have time for a superficial friendship. Oh, don't. And you also yeah. don't have time for a superficial podcast. That's so, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. <laughs> so um, what are some of the difficult things that the two of you have experienced in your lives in the midst of being friends? Mm. Okay, well, we kind of met in like the biggest valley of my life, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started coming to a small group in February of 2018, um, had to separate from my husband in March, like really right after it was, I think we had attended like two small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Miriam was at both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, was your husband at the time? Was he there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we attended as a family together. Um, and then the next six weeks, um, we walked through that with, I mean, we'd only been at high point for two months at that Mm -hmm. point, like three months maybe. Um, And so I think my whole relationship with high point as like a whole church has gone from like zero to deep. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just saw so much fruit from that um, in my own life. And then through our small group, that first six weeks of going through the separation and all of that stuff, I mean, those relationships went the mm-hmm. same way. Like, I needed people. Right. Like, I needed support, mm-hmm. and I needed it fast, and they responded, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so Miriam was kind of part of that group, um, and then they've walked with me through the divorce, through, like, trauma stuff with my kids. I have six kids. Um, two of them now live with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they, as a group have prayed for me through all of that like debriefing after court dates kind of like they have just deeply deeply dug into our lives um they take turns babysitting my kids like my life drastically drastically changed in a short period of time and so Miriam and I met at the beginning of when that was happening Mm -hmm. literally Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so I mean I guess (laughs) I feel like I've been in a constant valley since then. Mm. 
So I don't know. There's been a lot of little adversity through the details of what that process mm-hmm. looks like. My particular situation was fairly mm-hmm. messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers the question. But yeah, that's the, yeah, going from homeschooling, married mom of six, stay-at-home mom. I owned my own business at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm a working full-time mom of four kids that live with me, co-parenting with my parents in another state. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. that's the adversity that I currently yeah. have. And like, yeah, Miriam, what, like, what yeah. was that like for you watching that? Because for the first year of that, like you guys mm-hmm. said, you knew each mm-hmm. other for a long time through small mm-hmm. group before you had really right. taken the time to mm-hmm. get to know each other on a deeper level. So Mm-hmm. What did what did that look like for you? Yeah, I was amazed at just how Sarah was keeping it together. I mean, she would share deep things and like fall apart, but I was amazed at how she kept it together. But I was also amazed, and I've never seen this, of how a small group and how a church can really yeah. come alongside a person and become their family when they don't have yeah. um, family around. Like she was, if she didn't have... Um, our small group or high point, you know, you would have had like your mom and dad right. and you would have had a couple other people, but it was that to me was really cool to see, um, people just jump in, um, mm. and just help her. That was really encouraging. Um, as just like the body of Christ, like that's what we're supposed to be doing for each other. We're supposed to be like lending a hand We're in, in, in the smallest of things. Like if, even if it was right. like your kids needed a babysitter or, um, somebody needed to bring a meal or whatever, like the tiniest things were, mm-hmm. hu- it was huge for you. And so yeah. that was really yeah. encouraging for me to see you guys have, um, your small group, has shared like bits and pieces of how much you love each other on Facebook yeah. and social media. I really love it. I'm not in your small group, but I love watching it. Yeah, it's um, pretty incredible. But like small little things like Miriam, you love to bake. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like I remember you telling me that you were going to make some cakes for Sarah's mm-hmm. kid's birthday mm-hmm. and then seeing mm-hmm. pictures of them mm-hmm. later. And like, yeah. I think that's a significant thing here too, because yeah. you didn't, Sarah, it wasn't just you who lost part of your family and walked through this, but your kids did too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so yeah. how, like, can you share a little bit about what that meant to you to watch like Miriam in particular but also your small group befriend and become family to your kids too yeah um so I can say and this is like 110 percent true that they have their presence in our lives has transformed what could be like the ugliest season in our lives and it's still an ugly season like mm-hmm. yeah no sugar coating there um like little things. My kids have more godly men in their lives than mm-hmm. they've ever had before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only, my only brother lives in Dallas, Texas. They have like five guys in their mid 20s that any of them can trust yeah. and that I trust with them. Right. Um, and that I know would not lead them astray or give them poor advice. Like, right. What? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I have a 12 year old son. I have this young man who wants to be a man of substance and of quality. And I have other men that I can look at and be like, yeah, you want to be like him. Mm-hmm. You want to be like these men. And there's like clear, personal, like up close examples right. in his life. Not every divorced single mom 
gets to have that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a gift. And I mean, that's a one tiny example. They are prayed for every week. Yeah. Um, when I have had struggles of like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I mean, I didn't really prep for this, yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. I can read all the books and it's not going to tell me how to do it. I have been able to go to this group of people like none of them have kids. Mm. Um, our small group in particular. That's so significant <laughs> actually. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. been able to like, and it's super good because I am not that much older than them, but I'm like mm. maybe like seven years older than the majority um, and ask them questions and they can give me a different perspective. Right. And be like, well, you know, I remember when this happened to me mm-hmm. and this is how I remember thinking through mm-hmm. it. And that's been super valuable yeah. as a mom. Yeah. Be- yeah. And what's really cool to what I just thought of just is how your kids and your family is like a blessing to us. Like I have wanted kids for a really long time. I... Mm-hmm wanted to be married for a really long time that's a struggle that I've had and just actually um going to the rooted class as just like how God is like put in us um this the urge of being a mother the gift of mothering like how I can look at you know your family and how I can in a way mother and Mm -hmm. have like my own children in a sense like you know or share that responsibility and so for me that has been a blessing um in my life of filling that void um, and that pain of not having kids and being able to take care of, help take care of someone else's and pour love and nurture into them. So, yeah, just recently, and this is a way that Miriam just really super stepped into our lives in like a super helpful way is um, my kids switched schools with praise, praise Jesus. Um, But I was really struggling on how to get them home from school. Mm -hmm. I work until five cutting my hours. Isn't really an option at work. Um, But they get out of school at three 30 and I was like, Oh my gosh, how are they going to get home? Like I've been a stay at home mom for like 15 years. I stayed home. My kids have never had to ride with anybody unless it was for fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just went to my small group. All of these people are like working single or like recently married adults. And I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, I have no way for my kids to get home. What do I do? And so Miriam has stepped in two days a week and she's like, well, I get done with work at 3.30. Like they're at the at high point. And she's like, I'll just, I'll bring them home. It's fine. And so we have small group on Wednesdays. She lives on the east side. We live on the west side. Um, And so she takes my kids home and just hangs out with them for an hour and a half. That's so awesome. Until small group, until I get home. um, And my kids feel poured into. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they think every kid gets to hang out with a bunch of 20-something adults. (laughs) I don't think that they know how fortunate they are. Um, (laughs) Like their best friends are in their 20s, (laughs) sometimes 30s. And I truly see how being a parent is really hard work. I had to to step out a couple times last night because I was like, oh my gosh, they're driving me crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we we have a noisy household. Like, Miriam, you want children. This is what comes with it. I'm sorry, friend. It's so good, though. It's so good. Yeah, but like, I think she knew that that was a blessing. But like, Mm -hmm. as a mom, to know that your kids are not just handled when you're not there but they're loved Mm -hmm. when you're not there in the middle of me grieving that I can't fill that need for them to know that someone that loves Jesus and that loves them is doing that for me is Mm -hmm. so powerful like I can't even describe it because 
sometimes when you're in a situation, you're like, yeah, I need it dealt with. But when it's your babies, you're yeah. like, I don't want it dealt with. Right. I want mm-hmm. a solution that's so good yeah. <laughs> that it makes me not be mad that I'm at work instead of doing it myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way that Miriam has just really stepped in that I know they're happy. And I know they're loved and they're going to like come home and doing cartwheels on my front yard. You know, like (laughs) they're having a great time and being loved by someone. So it's powerful. Yeah. Um, So a question to ask, what one of the questions was, you know, what was the effect of, we're talking about this specific experience, but even Miriam, I mean, you shared some of the adversity you're walking through too mm-hmm. of like, cause you both have said life isn't what you mm-hmm. thought it would be right. right now. You want it to look different than it does. You're both experiencing that. And mm-hmm. so my, my question is how has that, how is walking through that affected your relationship with each other? It sounds like at least one way is that you've learned that a big part about being a consistent relationship means meeting very tangible needs mm-hmm. through that season. Yeah. Like that's, that's some of a theme of what I'm hearing. What are some other ways that you feel like this has affected your relationship with each other? Mm. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one other way, I think, I think this is an answer to the question um, is that we have met sporadically to pray for each other. When we knew, like, yeah. there have been more than one yeah. time that I think I usually initiated that I'm like, I'll, I'll get here to drop my kids off in the morning. And I usually have, like, half an hour before mm-hmm. I have to be at work. And Miriam, I know, is here. And the office is fairly empty. And I'll just mm-hmm. be like, hey, let's pray really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually ends up that, like, she'll verbalize or I'll verbalize. Like, I just really needed to be prayed for mm-hmm. or yeah. prayed with right yeah. now because yeah. – I'm just discouraged. Yeah. Like sometimes it's nothing really concrete. You're just like, I'm just tired today. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's one other way, like I think as a mom, you serving my kids is just so incredibly mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. Um, but like that's a way that mm-hmm. I feel like our friendship has just served me spiritually is yeah. like I can tell someone like, I just don't want to go to work today. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want this life. Like this isn't what I wanted. And yeah. And being able to just pray that through and like mm-hmm. just say it and have someone say like, okay, mm-hmm. now go to work, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah, yeah they don't fix it. She doesn't yeah. make me feel bad about it either. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And it's just words of affirmation too. Even if it's something mm-hmm. small, like a text, we've texted each other back and forth. Like I, you know, if you've sent me a task text and it's, I can tell something's wrong. Just even yeah. sending you something that um, is encouragement is mm-hmm. like huge. Like you're doing a good job, like yeah. hang in there or yeah. Um, yeah. Words of affirmation is huge for me. So mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. as even as friends, um, that's really something that's small that you, that can be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for those of you listening, Miriam and I share an office. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have known that previously, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, interesting to me Sarah that that's the thing you said because I feel like that's something Miriam that I see in your life Mm. a lot like Mm. when there was um this summer we had a summer intern and 
the mm. two of you would meet every morning to pray. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of days ago, you mm. turned around in our office and we're like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm feeling this way. Can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I've seen the two of you go pray together a lot. And when we have staff prayer, Miriam, you're really quick to ask for prayer about things mm-hmm. that you're walking through. And yeah. I think that's such a significant, like, man, I hate when people know that I need things. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like to share deep parts of my life Unless I've already worked through it. Right. <laughs> and I, so that's something I struggle with mm-hmm. and that like currently I'm trying to grow in that. But mm-hmm. I think that's, you are quick to recognize Miriam when you're like, I just, I need prayer. Yeah. Like prayer mm-hmm. is not yep. this special word that makes us feel better. Prayer mm-hmm. is seeking the God of the universe to move mm-hmm. on our behalf. Yeah. And I just think you really believe that and, and see that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And for a long time, I actually... I wouldn't ask for a prayer. I, w- I would kind of just stuff it or I would pray for it myself. And just even actually meeting with Brittany, this, uh, the intern this summer, I saw how important prayer is and how we aren't doing life alone, that we need people to come alongside of us. And we need to be able to ask for prayer when life is hard and, yeah. and sucks. And um, so I, I've been seeing that just even in this summer alone of like how important it actually really is to like seek people out and yeah. ask mm-hmm. for prayer. And it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge because prayer, prayer is amazing. Like it's amazing what it does and God's big and he answers prayers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So related to that, how have you had to um, challenge yourselves with being vulnerable with each other in the midst of walking through hard things? Mm. Well, I think Miriam really challenged me, whether she knows it or not, um, <laughs> at small group one week. I I do tend to like, when you keep things vague on purpose, yeah. Yeah. it's really easy to like glaze over what you're actually asking for. Oh, totally. And I think when I do that, specifically in our small group setting, just because my kids are like kind of in and out of the room, I just like to keep things really vague. I also don't tend to really go the place I need to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was like maybe a month or two ago, but Miriam just like shared it. (laughs) This is like what I need prayer for and I need it now. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking like, wow, do I approach my prayer like that? Like like in a group, Mm -hmm. but even by myself. Like, do I approach it like I need this now? Like not tomorrow, not if you feel like it, like help. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I just saw this. I was super vulnerable, especially, I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, but like it was a super vulnerable moment. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody really knew how to react, but I just remember thinking like, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. we should be asking for prayer for this stuff yeah. because that's what we actually need prayer for. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just really quick too, when you said, I don't think anybody knew how to react like that for me, that's the fear that often holds me back mm-hmm. from sharing things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think the three of us were just talking about yeah. this the yeah. other day in yeah. the office. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to share things because I'm like, what if they're not going to respond the way that I feel like right. I want them to respond or yeah. I need them to respond. And like, yeah, I, I get that that does, we don't always receive that, but sometimes that's not why we need to share things. It's right. Like, it's sometimes for right. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. It can do things in other people's lives, but, it, we shouldn't determine whether or not we're going to be vulnerable just based on the reaction we're going to get. That's not right. how it works. That's not how relationships with other people right. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think in that moment, I just saw this like, maybe it's vulnerability, but also like, 
pursuing like I see this thing in myself and I don't want it anymore. Yeah. And I think as someone who does want to glorify God, like watching someone else be like vicious with their sin is so attractive. <laughs> like I want to yeah. be friends with the girl that gets out a sword, you know, like yeah, totally. I want to be friends with that person. I want to like walk through life with mm-hmm. that person when yeah. they're like, I see this in me. I don't want it anymore. You know, pray, like mm-hmm. help me seek Jesus so that I can get this out. And I mean, that just challenged me. Like, am I looking at my prayer life like with or without people mm-hmm. like that? Right. And I'm not. Yeah. And I need to. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, yeah, I think mm. that's something that you just mm-hmm. do really well. Mm. Thank you, Sarah. Mm. Something I think you've challenged me with um, is just be, is just allowing me to be the best person that I can be or be the best. Um, so we got dinner that one time and mm. I'll never forget like kind of like what you said to me of because I was struggling with like I you know, how do you date? You get a boyfriend. Oh I like, how do you impress <laughs> I love our conversations the, like, about this. <laughs> you know, how do you like impress the guy or whatever? Right, and yeah. I just re- remember, cause I said, I don't want to perform. Like I just want to be myself. And you said something, um, in the lines of you need to just be yourself. God already has a person for you yeah. that will love you for exactly who you are. And that like kind of hit, something inside of me and that was just an encouragement and a challenge and just kind of a reminder because you you are so much yourself and I try really hard to be myself and that was such a great um like challenge I feel like mm. that is just whenever I'm around you I'm like just be yourself Miriam be yourself Miriam like people will love you for exactly who you are and you know what if they don't they can right. go away. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So that I means, yeah. They can go away nicely. Yes. I won't like kick them no. or anything. No. <laughs> no, I think that's true. Yeah. And, and that's thank you because I don't even remember saying that, but it sounds really wise. <laughs> yes. Well done. It meant a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's true, though. Mm-hmm. It's true. You're a good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So are yeah. you. Oh, thanks. I think we'll keep you around. Oh, thanks because I am really hard to kidnap and get rid of. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think um, one of my favorite passages, well, before I, I'll say that, but, then, but before we wrap up, are there any other last things that you guys are like, that are really pressing mm. that you want to share and talk mm. about? I don't want to cut you off preemptively. I think something I've just really learned, um, we were talking about this a little bit. We just met to pray before mm-hmm. we came in here and we were just kind of going over Miriam's notes. <laughs> um, and just... The importance of not only seeking friendships, like meaningful deep friendships, but seeking them outside of your stage or like phase or like I felt I've fallen into that trap so many times. Mm -hmm. Like I had my mom friends and then I had Mm -hmm. my married friends, you know, like and those things are good and they're not bad, Mm -hmm. but like a lot of them stayed on the surface because we had like one thing in common, sometimes two, you know, like we had coffee in common Mm -hmm. and that's cute and fun, but like it had its place. And I think one of the reasons we have been able to just become really deep friends very quickly is that we kind of looked beyond the stage or phase that we're Mm -hmm. in. Well, how do you, how do you only allow that to do it? I mean, you wouldn't have become friends. Right, right, right. We would have just yeah. stayed at that, like, we're in yeah. the same small group. Right. We say hi at church kind yeah. of thing. Totally. Um, yeah. 
But I just feel like I would have missed out on something really, really powerful and impactful in my life. Are there things that are hard about being friends with someone in such a different season of life? Mm. Um, One thing that pops into my head is like with you having kids, it's hard. I Mm -hmm. can't just like, hey, let's go out tonight or do something like that. Like that. That's that's something that's hard. But um, I think also from my standpoint, I have to sacrifice. And like if that means that I the times I get to hang out with you or with your kids, that's going to be okay. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. something that I've found that can be difficult, you know, as a single person, not having anybody else to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I require a babysitter. Miriam doesn't. (laughs) Right. Um, Totally. um, I think, I think a lot of things could have been roadblocks. I don't Mm -hmm. think, yeah. I mean, she's had more work experience than I have. She's, she was homeschooled. I was mm-hmm. homeschooled actually as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she had a really clear understanding of what my life looked like, especially through yeah. giving up homeschooling. That was a really unique thing yeah. that I don't think we would have realized if we hadn't had deeper conversations. Sure. Like we just found a mm-hmm. lot of shared things, but that really went from going deep really fast and yeah. and both of us not really having a lot of patience for, I think we both just wanted a friend. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we sought that out and we were both intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that crossing um, life stages, one of the things that like it it sounds like each of you are saying in different words is that you didn't, you didn't count the other person out just because they weren't walking Mm -hmm. through whatever the exact same thing was that Mm -hmm. you were. Mm -hmm. And now that was true for the trauma and adversity you were each mm-hmm. walking through, but it was also true for the season of life. Like mm-hmm. Miriam, it would be easy for you to say, well, I don't want to talk to Sarah about what it's like to be single mm-hmm. now, even though she is single because she wasn't right. Like it's, we right. so quickly mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been challenged in that lately. I was meeting with Nick about something and he was, um, he said, you know, we all like to highlight the ways that we're unique and different. Mm-hmm. But mm. it's so much more helpful if first we recognize the things that we have in common yeah, because, right. yeah, we are different. We each have our own race marked out for us to run, totally. Mm-hmm. But we also have more things in common. Yeah, and if we right. were to, like, if we if we just would count each other out, we'd miss out. Like, that's what I'm hearing you say. Like, it, yeah. you could have let yeah. those be roadblocks, but right. you didn't. You chose to do the work of pushing through them. And... Then eventually you got to a point where it's like, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's worth it because you're such good friends with each other that you would never like it. It's so worth it to have that relationship that you wouldn't let needing a babysitter or potentially Sarah's kids being around stop you from. I think that, I think that can really easily happen. I mean, I've seen that in other phases and friendships of my life. Like, you know, two people are praying for something to happen. One person sees the fruit of that in one direction and another person sees the fruit of it in another direction. And it's really easy to have seeds of like, well, why did it work out for that person totally. and not for me? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I have intentionally been mindful of is that some of the things Miriam has prayed for are realities in my life. Yeah, She desperately mm-hmm. wants to have a family. I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Intentionally, that's something that I pray for her in and also for myself that I'll be gentle when I, I don't complain about my kids. Like on a yeah. surface level, I'll be like, oh my gosh, they're so ridiculous. But like, right. I know that that would really potentially cause her pain of like, mm-hmm. all I want is to have 
that. Right. And here Mm -hmm. you are complaining about it. I think that would be something that would be very divisive. Mm -hmm. I think that would be something that would just be harmful. Um, So that is something that I try to be very mindful Mm of. And I think we can all, um, even if you can't relate to the person and they're exactly what they're going through, we can all relate to each other in a way of like pain. We've Mm -hmm. all gone through pain. We've all gone Mm -hmm. through joy. Um, uh, Somebody once had shared something with me and it was something totally like her in her life stage. It was totally not what I was going through. Um, but in that moment I saw her being vulnerable and I saw her pain and I like that clicked with me because yeah. I'm like, I felt, I felt the same kind of pain, feeling, yeah. right. The feeling. And so, um, that's something that I think we need to, um, in friendships, um, really, um, like if you can't relate to that person, relate to what they're feeling, like yeah. the, the pain, mm-hmm. the pain, because we're all going through that. We're all going through some kind of a struggle. Mm-hmm. And we, I think as friends can help each other get through those struggles just yeah. by even listening to the person and just hearing what they're going yeah. through and just having sympathy mm-hmm. and empathy for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely true. Um you guys, this has been really, really fun. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. so happy that I got to sit in on this conversation. Yeah, I'm so excited you. when Jill asked me to do this. Um, yeah, one of the, as you guys were sharing about what your friendship has looked like, it reminded me a lot of one of my favorite passages of scripture relating to friendship, which, yeah, which maybe this will sound funny, but in the Old Testament, this is um, when the Israelites are wandering in the desert and I don't, really remember who they were battling at the time. Um, But God had said to Moses that he wanted him to stand. I think it was on top of some hill or mountain. And he said, I want you to stand with the staff in your hand and lift your hands in the air. And Mm -hmm. as long as your hands are in the air, the Israelites will win the battle. And I don't know if you've ever done this challenge, but it's actually like not that long (laughs) before your arms get tired if you're just lifting them up in the air. And so Moses is doing this through this battle and the scripture says when he gets tired, Aaron and her come Mm. and they put a rock underneath him Mm. and they have him sit on the rock and they lift his arms Mm. up so that his arms can still be up, but they're sharing this burden with him. Mm. And that has been an, that passage has been an encouragement to me as I consider what friendship is supposed to look like. Yeah. Like who are the people in your life who are being the Aaron and her or for whom can you be the Aaron and the her? But that right, really right. feels like that's what I was thinking about while you guys were talking about mm. your friendship, that that's, that's awesome. at different points, you're each holding each other's arms up so that yeah. you can fight and persevere in your relationship mm. with God and in pursuing Christ and godliness mm. that you're mm. like, all right, let's hold each other's arms up. Right. Mm. And that's beautiful. And mm. I think it's, so cool because when you were saying that well, all I could think of is they didn't try to lift their arms instead of his yeah and so I think in that acknowledging that like Miriam and I do have different burdens right. and we do have different callings and you can most definitely lift someone's arms up and come alongside them and say like this is hard mm-hmm. and I hate that this is your reality but like I'm not gonna take it away from you mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to lift your arms up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to like bolster mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I think that's really important because that's what all I could hear when you were saying that. Yeah. I was like, and they didn't try to put their arms up instead of his. Mm-hmm. 
And I think mm, sometimes as great. friends, we feel really useless because we can't do it instead of that person. Yeah. Um, but that's really but not can't. the point. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right, because that person has to do it. And so I think that's something um, that has just really made both of us stronger mm-hmm. is that yeah. I can't take her burden. She can't take mine. But right. there are a lot of ways we can make it better yeah. and easier yeah. and more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. We um we hope that this series has been helpful and um we know that pursuing friendships is something that like feels um like a deep desire that we have, but also mm. for some people it's it's hard. And so we just we want to encourage you. Also specifically related to the topic of this one, if you are someone who Maybe you have a friend who's walking through something really hard, or maybe you yourself are walking through something really hard. Um, There is a really good book called When I Lay My Isaac Down, and I believe the author is Carol Kent. Mm. Uh, But it's it's a book about walking through really deep grief. Um, But it's it's written to both those who are walking through that grief and those who are friends to those people. And there's some really helpful Mm. things in that book on how to love someone and support someone when they're walking through something really painful. So I highly recommend that book. Um, It in in a non exaggerating way was life changing for me. So Mm. great. Well, thanks, everyone. And we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. listening to this episode of the engage and equip podcast if you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org if you'd like to find more episodes you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast you can also find us on apple podcasts google podcasts overcast and other apps like that we hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.